If you're enjoying the show and want more, check out loudpipes.net slash donate. For as little as $1 per month, you'll gain exclusive access to the Loud Pipes after show, The Downshift, as well as other content and sneak peeks available only to our supporters. Better yet, come ride with us. Step up to $5 a month and receive an invitation to the monthly video hangout and the Riders of Loud Pipes private social network. Hang out in the clubhouse with other riders, chat with us on show topics, and so much more. Loudpipes.net slash donate. It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from R-Dub Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located. Here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan. Loud Pipes, episode 82. We're going to be catching up with John after his big mountain ride with the Moto Vloggers. And I believe they have a name now called the Moto Nobodies. We'll get to that in a moment. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get to that, my giggling brother to the south, Mr. Hogan. What's happening? What's happening, family? How y'all doing this evening? Doing all right. Doing all right. Are you sipping on something scrumptious? Uh, scrum umptious, yes I am, pimping, yes I am. I am drinking a bamboo mojito tonight. Excuse me? I am drinking <laughs> a, what? a bamboo, bamboo mojito tonight. Holy guacamole. Is that now? Right. Is that made by you, or what is this room service? No, it's it's in a can. <laughs> oh, gee, really? Yeah. Oh my god! It is in a can, rocking five point oh percent alcohol. Oh, that is too. And funny. I am in the middle of a thunderstorm, like no other. So y'all might hear some little thunder, and little crackling going on in the background. So don't mind me. Yeah, that'll be interesting for the bandwidth. Right. All of a sudden, I just might go silent. I know, right? You know, the power went out. <laughs> Be like, Rico, you okay? You know what? Never mind. I just got a little puke in my mouth. Be like, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> All right. The star of episode 82, Mr. John Miracle, known as Speed Fanatic, SPD FNTK on YouTube. Catch him there weekly for all his shenanigans. What's happening, John? Man, I'm enjoying life. Got some riding in. Just just a tad a bit of riding. Just a tad. Just a tad. Do we get a preview? A little peek? How many? 850 miles on the trip. Wow. Then, then, this past weekend, add another 200 to the trip. Woo! Of wow. riding. With another motor blogger as well. Grand. NC Stoney. Nicely done, my friend. Wow, you, the, our listeners may not know this, but John is kind of a big deal. He is. He is. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm glad we, we got him on the show before, you know, his YouTube thing just blows up because, you know, his head, right. head's not going to fit through the door before long. It barely fits in his helmet. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Walk around here looking like, look, looking like Jay Leno. <laughs> oh, Lord. Are you drinking, Mr. Merkel? I am, sir. I'm dr- drinking one of my old standby, Mr. Yingling himself. Wow. You got pictures? Yank. No, I'm just kidding. 
Yingling, yingling. It all wrong, didn't it? I know. I'm drinking Mr. Yingling. Hmm. Hmm. Does okay. sound wrong. Okay, then. So I was going to have a beer tonight. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling, yeah, I'm feeling good. I don't say 100%, but definitely feeling much better. But I decided to pass one more week. I'm still drinking the, the Menage a Trois Silk from last episode. So that bottle's almost gone. And, and I got to say, Rico, quickly before we get to our topics is I have a hard time justifying the price of a bottle of wine because it's just this mental thing of one bottle. You're like, yeah, 15 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever. I don't really buy expensive wine. Uh, but I'm kind of like, I kind of pause. You, wait, 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 back up. How much did you say you spent on a bottle of wine? I don't know, like 15 bucks, 20 bucks. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot for a bottle of wine. You, well, don't have to, you don't have to pay that much. I think a good bottle will run you like nine to uh, 12 bucks. Well, I figure in that price range, it's kind of like a sure thing. You know, you're off the bottom of the barrel, you're not going to get any sludge. But well, I think beyond yeah. that, you're you're just being silly. Well, yeah, you can you can spend a, some outrageous amount of money on a bottle of wine, and it tastes just as good as your 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 ten dollar bottle of wine. So it's just <laughs> this is going to depend on what you know the make and who who and what part of the country is coming from. So I've had expensive wine that tastes just like the fifteen dollar wine. So okay, you know, it's just a matter of the brand you pick. All right. Well, this wasn't bad. I don't. I remember exactly how much it was. I bought it at BJ's. So the other thing too, you are drinking it by yourself. No one else is sharing it with you. So that's like five glasses of wine there. Yeah, but it's just a mental thing. When I buy a six pack of good craft beer, I mean, fifteen bucks. I don't even bat an eye. But fifteen dollars for a bottle of wine, I'm like, whoa, 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 hold up now, <laughs> slow down there now. Slow that's down. getting a little crazy. <laughs> for forgetting that, yeah, there's five glasses in the bottle. <laughs> now nah, this stuff's gonna give me a buzz, right? <laughs> Now, there is alcohol in here, right? This looks kind of fruity. Right. All right. Let's kick it over to our new topics. All right, John. Spotlight's on you, buddy. What the heck is the Moto Nobodies? You got to give me that story. (laughs) How many people are in it? How many people was in it? There is. Give me a second. Now, since you caught me off guard on that one, eight of us. There's eight people in Moto Nobodies. Okay. So there's eight Moto Nobodies. Now, yeah. do you call yourself what? I mean, do you have like a name for yourself when you're out riding? Like, do you shorten it to Nobodies or do you have like nicknames? Like, what's what's your handle, I should say? Well, we use thing one, I- thing two. <laughs> No, everybody uses either their real names or their YouTube channel names. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. All right. Sorry for the diversion. So who, so who was there besides you? So who was there? Innovative shit. There was, uh, Cruiser Bruiser, Amp Moto, okay. uh, Matthew Williams, Off Balance, Rogue Mogo, and there was Wolf and Crow, but Wolf no longer does any YouTubing. Now, he was the leader, right? Now, Cruiser's the leader. Cruiser kind of set this all up and has been kind of like the main point of guy. Okay. And he rides the Sportster. All right. So, and kind of go through. Amp has the V-Rod. Uh, Wolf has a, a Harley Ultra Glide, I think is what he has. Or is Electric Glide? I can't remember. So yeah, it's Ultra Classic or something like that. Yep. 
Uh, Rogue has the Victory Cross Country. Uh, and he has a Ducati something or other. Yeah, he has the Ducati Hypermotar. He also has a CB 550. And he also has a dual sport Honda. Uh, Honda. So there was no bacon bits this time? No. There was technically supposed to be eight going. And within about a three-week period, two people have dropped out. One of them was Bacon. And what happened with Bacon was he was selling his um, Sportster, mm-hmm. and he sold it about a couple of weeks before we were going to leave. He was going, he was going to buy a Dyna, and it kind of the price of a Dyna went up, and he didn't have the funds, so he bailed on us. Hmm. And then the other person, well, they know who they are. And that's all I'm going to say. He should have wait. He should have waited. I just was reading something that Harley's offering incentives on the 2016s to get them out the door to make room for all the 17s. Hmm. Uh, this is some used one that's been modified. So, oh, okay. And then the other one is Matthew was on a Honda VTX 1300 that he just purchased um, about a month ago. He got a real sweet deal on it, and he did a lot of modifications. To the bike. Well, awesome. He made it because he wasn't riding a vintage bike this time. <laughs> I know that let him down on the last trip. Yeah, and just uh, we had no mechanical issues on this trip. Nice. That's we always good. have helmet test done, though. Dope. A what? A helmet almost got tested on how sturdy it was going to be. Uh, while it was on the rider's head or not? <laughs> no, it was off the rider's head. <laughs> okay. So kind of jump ahead when we got to Asheville to meet up everybody kind of diverged on Wolf's house in Asheville and the guys uh cruiser and amp came in from Georgia and Tennessee and then we rode from here in North Carolina Matthew Rogue and myself rode over we meet up at Rogue's house or Wolf's house and Matthew took off we took off our gear Matthew set his helmet down and we did some photos and and Wolf need move his truck. Well, the helmet was in the yard, and Wolf starts to drive, and I thought, he's not going to run over the helmet. <laughs> well, he kind of kind of did. Oh. Hopefully it scooted away, right? Yeah, it, it hit the suspension, so it wasn't bad. And uh, on the GoPro mount is some Sergu kind of Matthew has on there to kind of hold it in place. Right. The helmet dug into the, into the ground and when you pull it up, there's like dirt and grass dug into the mount point. It didn't even like move the, the mount. Oh, yeah. Those things are ridiculous to get off. Like one, once it's stuck to your helmet, forget it. Yeah, This is something that, this is not even GoPro stuff. This is like some other that is like $10. All right. <clears throat> Every time he says wolf, I, I think I think of uh, uh, the hangover and the wolf pack. Yeah, I don't mind. You guys haven't seen. The movie. I didn't see it. <laughs> I don't have time to see movies. Our listeners will know. <laughs> Somebody out there is laughing. Pack. <laughs> so, so this name where it came out of, kind of, I'm not sure who listens to it, but how the name came up was, um, there's the July trip of the Hoop Nanny the Homestead Hoop Nanny Motor Blog Group, and mm-hmm. kind of we didn't get some of us didn't get invited, so we kind of threw out. Oh no, no, no! I'm sorry. We didn't get invited. No, they they decided to go do their own little meetup, and they kind of like 
didn't want to meet up with us, so we're like the Moto Nobodies because of that. That's how, where the name came out of. So nobody wanted hmm. to meet up. All right. That's where the name came out of. It's just kind of one of those funny things. Yeah, I was hoping it had a story. I was like, that's, that's not very nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just that they we did plan this trip here, and nobody really wanted to go with us and join up with us, and they kind of like did their own thing, and that's when Rico and I are planning to go on in July. Just meet up with some of them. We're going to do that night, Rico. We got some other plans to meet up with these guys. All right, cool. Oh yeah. So where? Obviously, you didn't stay in Asheville. Where was the destination then? Where was so the? We hotel? stayed in Pellet in Pigeon Forge, um, Tennessee, and that was due to we were planning to think about staying in Cherokee, but Amps is expecting a another child. Okay. He needed to be uh, in cell service range, and Cherokee really didn't have cell service so we we stayed in pigeon forge and everything went smooth and we rented a cabin up this freaking steep hill um i think you can go watch rogue mogos and matthew just put out a video near the end or in the middle of his video mm-hmm. of up this hill it's like it's a single a one and a half car pass so so rich remember that hill at C-A-W, that we went up with rocks. Oh, yeah, like the double black diamond hill climb. Yeah, so imagine probably not as steep, maybe a little bit less, paved up a side of a hill with a switchback, partly up, going up the hill. That sounds like fun. Sounds like my driveway. (laughs) (laughs) It might be, Rico. I don't know. How Rico gets to the corner store. Yeah, right. It was pretty steep. Nice. It was interesting, though. And then there's potholes and some other fun things. So, yes, we stayed in Pigeon Forge at this cabin. And we picked a bad weekend because it was the Rod Run car show. Uh-oh. So, Pigeon Forge was slammed. <laughs> it, most with classic cars lined up the side of the road. So, there's three lanes of traffic, you know, in each of the far right-hand lanes. People were like gawking at cars, looking at stuff, and it was just like. So my latest video that I put out on the channel was us leaving Saturday morning from Mel's Diner to go outside of Pigeon Forge, and it took us like twenty minutes hmm. to go five miles. So what was your biggest ride then? Was it going from home to Pigeon Forge, or was it on Saturday? Like, where was the biggest ride for you? Distance wise, it was going from here to Pigeon Forge. So. We uh, left out of here. We met up at uh, 7 o'clock here in Durham, mm-hmm. and we took 40 all the way out. And, and I'll just tell you this, Rich. You think the wind from Daytona was bad? I'm sorry, my friend. That I had that Friday was worse. <laughs> I don't know, because I, I, um, we didn't talk about it, but we were in Florida for uh, the kids' spring break. And coming back through that same section of road, just blown all over the place, even in the the family SUV. So still crazy down there on 95. So the interesting one was Rogue was leading and he's in his lane on the far left of the three tracks for motorcycles. The wind came up and he moved all the way over to the center. It just pushed him. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> that's all right, so. As I as you talk and as I flip through some of these pictures, there's snow on the ground. Yes, so so Rich would not Rich would have been 
complaining, I have a feeling. Well, I was about to ask, because I'm sure when you left home, it was nice and warm. And oh. when you encountered the snow, how did that work out for you? No, 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 no. So that weekend was freaking cold. It was like 40 degrees when we left. No, thanks. And it was going to be up in the 50s when we got there. So it was windy. So we got, going out, we got about an hour from um, here. We just got on the other side, just before Statesville, about 30 miles before Statesville. We stopped and I had a layer up because I didn't have enough layers on. It was cold. So the snow comes into play on Saturday. And we went up over to Newfound Gap, which leads out of Gatlinburg and dumps you into into Cherokee. And it goes up to about 5,000 feet. There's, wow, okay, so Gatlinburg was on fire a couple months ago. So how did it look? Looked fine. Hmm, did it? We didn't. The really? main part we saw, we didn't see any issues. Going up the gap and some of the stuff going out of Gatlinburg, we did see some stuff where uh-huh. the trees and some other stuff on some of the videos and stuff you you could see but overall it wasn't like terrible i mean we did see some spots okay all right like the main town wasn't like destroyed that we saw on the main strip all right that's good because I, I i like that that ride up there yeah so we went for a newfound gap which takes you up to about five thousand feet and on friday we we're planning to take part of the ridge parkway and come back um around Wolf had some roads that he was going to take us on because that's his area well everything the Blue Ridge Parkway was closed because Thursday night they got snow and ice oh <laughs> so so what was the was there like grit on the roads though was it like yeah there was riding uh, yeah there was some uh, gravel and some salt on the roads um I really have an issue with a spider. Cruiser was leading on Saturday, and there were some spots that he came through, and he hit a couple spots. Hmm. A little squirrely? Uh, yeah, he slowed down. <laughs> um, and taking it easy and start being more, watching what he was doing. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we got up to the top, and about three-quarters of the way up, there was snow on the side. And if you watch some of the other guys' videos, you'll see a snowman in one spot that somebody built. Nice. Yeah, we'll have to do that again. We'll put a link to all the guys' uh, YouTube channels in the show notes. That way people can, that want to go look at the videos from the ride, they can. And we'll put the specific links, John, for the ones that you have as well. Okay. Direct links for that. So, yeah, I've been watching a couple of them. I have, I'm not quite caught up. Kind of. Yeah. Sh- shame on me for not being caught up for the show. But <laughs> I did get to see some of it. it and the snow, I was I was curious as Rico said. I just was wondering how that was. Yeah, and it wasn't on the road. It was just you know on the side. And the worst person who had it was Ant because I don't think he had um, the gear with him. He's like me. Yeah, and and I'll say this much that we had some fun times with Senna's that we got f- frustrated with him. Oh, that kind of fun. Yeah, because the the interesting thing, going back to the, the video I put out about us leaving, leaving uh, Pigeon Forge, was uh, Cruiser and I were connected, and, and Rogue and Amp were connected. We were all, four of us were connected. Right. And you hear us, but during the ride, there's bits and parts where Rogue and Amp dropped off, and then they automatically re come back on, and then it just finally crapped out. Did you guys get a chance to use the ride connect at all? 
We did not. Did not. Okay. We did not. But we do think after some research, um, everybody had the set of backpacks as well. And there's some limitations with that. So we think that caused some of our problems. Mm. So like you, if you're using a backpack, you can only have like two people kind of thing? It's three. Okay. I think that's where it starts causing some problems. Well, that's all we uh, need for I'm, our road. I'm raising, I'm raising my hand over here. Yes. Cannon. And, uh, Mr. Hogan, what's, yes, a, go ahead. what's a backpack? <laughs> so, so on the GoPros, on the threes and fours, Senna has a backpack they sell, which connects to the back of the uh, GoPro to allow you to connect your Senna's directly to record the audio to the video of your GoPro. Nice, huh? Nice, eh? Now how much would you pay? I, I, I did that for our listeners just in case they didn't know what the hell a backpack was. So you're welcome. Yeah, because GoPro makes a backpack that's just a battery, right? Or, yeah. yeah. And then like what you can do with this is that with the Senna, you can directly charge the GoPro through it. So we have external battery packs inside of our jacket and wearing up to the helmet to supply the GoPro with power. So all day, nobody lost power. Right. Avery running this. And and to kind of go out to Roger and throw out in the live stream, the Senna works well with two. It kind of gets frustrating when you hit three or more. That's my personal opinion. Now, the interesting one on that, real quick, is the new 30K. Goes away from using Bluetooth so much and uses 2.4 gigahertz in a mess technology. So, curious. 2.4 gigahertz what? Wi-Fi? Something with the 2.4 gigahertz range, yes. Hmm. Yes. So, and who is this again? The Senna. Senna has a 30K, which is her new model coming out. It's supposed to be released in May. May. It's $350. Well, maybe they'll send us one and we can talk about it. Hey. Since we had such great luck with them so far. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They work great with two. It's, it, it gets funny when you start adding. More than oh, we know. We know all about that. Oh, we know all about the funny. But yeah. the interesting thing, John, is the last time that I had a lunch ride with Micah, since we were still paired up from our last trip uh, down to Barber, I didn't have to do anything. He just showed up alongside of me, and the two yeah. were connected, and away we went. Yeah, if you if you got the memory, um, if it rem- it remembers your connections. In fact, I can go to the app and I can see everybody from before, and you press the numbers of times to connect. And yeah, so th- it remembers as long as you haven't done a reset. So, and a firmware upgrade does not does not change that from what I've seen. Right? If you just do a firmware upgrade, then the memory stays. Right. It that's correct. It stays. Okay. Uh okay. I'm I'm starting to pick boogers over here, so. Well, what else did you do on your ride? Well, I was going to ask you, Rico, if you wanted to hear more about the ride before we get to the museum, because that's going to be a pretty big segment. Yeah, yeah. So, John. Yes, sir. I know you like to prepare and all that. So, were you prepared for the cold weather? And <laughs> did you get cold at all? Heavy liner. So, so right. the interesting part was I was not prepared until I left that morning and I realized the temperature was going to be different. And I was like, I better take some more stuff with me. So I got my, my freeze-out liner and my sweatshirt and my freeze-out gloves, and I had them all with me. 
So once I, and I had some long johns. When I left, I was like, oh, it's going to be 50 degrees. <laughs> so I had air shorts on and my riding pants, my, you know, winter waterproof riding pants on. That's it. It's like, oh, I'll be okay with this. No. First stop, two layers, one up pants came on. Wow. Love wires. See, I know, I know what 50 degrees feels like, and that's cold, Rich. <laughs> I was going to say, you see in the pattern here? <laughs> <laughs> you get down around that 50, and the liners come out, the overpants right. come out. So, so okay. we kind of hit, we kind of geared up at the first stop. And then we hit construction before Statesville was kind of the crappy part. Want, want. Yeah. Anyway, so, and then the ride back was a pretty uneventful ride back. Had some fun times coming back with the Rogue and Matthew and myself and no issues. Awesome. Now, before we go to the museum, did you have any new gear or everything that you had for the ride we've already talked about? Was there anything new you tried out? No, nothing new. Okay. I did try something new on Sunday, but that's it. All right, Mr. Hogan. If you haven't fallen asleep, <laughs> shall we talk about? No, no. So yeah, I, yeah. We I guess we could jump down. I was just gonna ask him. Um, so your trip up to Gatlinburg back. Where'd you stop to eat? Any any place interesting? Any place new you want to showcase that you just got to go back to next time you up that way? Yeah, can we continue on? Let me look that up. <laughs> That's it. Look up the name. Okay. All right. Well, the big topic then. Or not really a big topic, but I think probably the coolest part of the trip, at least from what I've gathered from John and, and pictures I've seen and and some of the video as well, I think probably the coolest part was going to the Wheels Through Time Museum. Do you agree with that, John? Yes. It was a very cool place to go. And to go back to Rico's place, a cool place that we ate at. Uh, Wolf took us to was called Twelve Bones Smokehouse. And and is that near Asheville or? It's in Asheville. It's like this old rundown factory area, and literally there's a line out the door waiting to get at this place at lunchtime. That's what I'm talking about. Gotta be good. Gotta be good, right? Yeah. Google has a four point five stars. Because Google knows where the good barbecue is. Hey. <laughs> what people put in there so so wheels through time was a very cool place to go different than barber um thank you for my coins i'm glad i could add money to that pot i don't miss him and the funny thing is and when you go there be careful that you don't drive by because it is not on the main you go across this like bridge to get there so you have to have an idea of where you're at to get there did you guys, how long did you guys spend there? Was it like an all-day affair or a couple of hours? Like, how much time do we need to take this in? How long were we there? We are probably there three hours. Three what? or four hours. Wow. Is that big? It looks yeah. just like a little shed looking at some of the pictures. Yeah. It's a little place, but there's a lot to see. I think it's 3,800 square feet. And there's... Uh, two stories or I should say there's a most of it's one story but then there's this one other section that is um, has a second story okay 
So talk high level about the the iron that you see. So I know it's a uh, you know American motorcycle American motorcycle history museum. So mostly Harleys and Indians, or what are, what are we talking about? Yeah, there's mostly Harley Indians. There was a few other. I think there was a Pierce there. Um, there's so a one Excel uh, Henderson or a Thor Henderson Excelsior. I think is what it there's, was. There's a few others that was there. Um, I can't think. Thor of. has a bike. <laughs> there was a Croker there, if I'm correct, because there was a there's a video of. Dale, which is the owner, mm-hmm. going around swap meets and making an offer t- to a couple of uh, an elderly couple out in Iowa for these for the bikes. So one of them was a croaker. So as Mister Anderson says on the on the live stream, that um, everything in there runs, which we've we've heard from other people. Did they fire up anything or take anything out for a ride while you were there? So unfortunately, Dale was not at there. Oh. I'm not, I think there was some family thing going on. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you, down the main strip, there's people there around the museum that there is a main walkway with burn rubber marks where he will fire up bikes and do burnouts. <laughs> nice. In the museum. And yes, everything does run. And he has his own channel that talks about what he does and restoring stuff. Uh, really, really cool guy and i guess th- as he was there that he's walking around would talk about the history of each bike nice is that on youtube his channel or, or where is yeah, that i think you have to pay for it it's a subscription i'll have to look that up at least get the link and if you did look there are some um in the museum was some oval um racing tracks um I'm trying to think Back in the 19th century, early 1900, what racing was it? The dome, the dome bikes, the motodrome, or the board trackers. Yep, yep the board trackers. There was a video. There's some pictures of about three of them sitting there. Yeah, I, w- I was just in awe of seeing not just the old bikes, but the sheer numbers of them, and just there seemed like piles of them in corners that are either waiting to be restored or fixed or. I mean, did you get a sense for what some of those bikes were, like the ones that were partially assembled? I think there are all types of bikes and models that were just sitting over there, Harleys, um, every type of bike. And I think, I'm not sure if that was there for being restored for parts, if he had gets them for parts, or if that's part of the display. Hmm. And, and I guess how I'll explain it, I'll go back to adding to yeah. Barber and Wheels Through Time. Was the fact that Barber is like going into like if anybody has done like an art gallery, like all these. This is the pictures, and it's all decked out, beautiful, brand new, you know, high high class, right? Yeah, very very nice display. Like very nice display. The the Barber Vintage Museum is is akin more to like a proper art museum. And this is like walking into somebody's. Barn. Nice. <laughs> you know, that's how it felt. It felt more like, oh, all right, these bikes look like they've been used. They don't look like they came off the same floor. Yeah. You know, some of them are just like, and there's one in particular I'll get to here in a minute, but a lot of them don't look like they've been, you know, they're not, you know, 
off the factory. They've been like, oh, they've been ridden. They've been yeah. They're more like, like survivors. Like they've been ridden forever. Right. And what's kind of neat is if you go see the thing there, there's a, a picture, and we'll put it up there with swim Harley Davidson sign. Mm-hmm. And inside there was the Dale bought the swim. There was a story behind it where he bought everything that was there at that dealership when they closed. And if you inside the inside of it was the garage or the workshop of all the parts and everything that was like there when he bought it. And nice. I guess took categories, numbers and and everything and put it back exactly in the museum how it was when he got it. Uh, we got to go. So I know Rico's looking at the pictures now and I, I've gone through them mostly today. I did some yesterday as well. Any chance you could pick a favorite, John? <laughs> I, I can't. I, I started starring them in the folders thinking these are the ones that I kind of like. And then I realized I was starring almost everything. So I just quit. <laughs> so what's really cool and and this is going to hit somebody that hopefully listens to the show or not, or maybe show, is there is a Harley on the second floor, and it's at the end of the list. Mm-hmm. And I guess I didn't get a back picture enough of it. But it was a Harley that was in the 2007 Arm Butt Rally that did the 11,000 miles in 11 days. And literally, if you look at the bike, it looks like that got they got done and brought it right to the museum as they got off of it. So is this the the Sportster? Yeah, I think so. I see it. Iron Butt Rally. Yeah, eleven days, eleven thousand nine hundred miles. Yeah. And and it's one of those things if you kind of look at it on the handlebar is a light there to kind of you know, it's just one of those things that somebody's ridden this bike. That's the thing I look at. There's a light there showing, you know, helping with light. There's a, a long water hose for water. Mm-hmm. On the back, and we saw this, was a belt to change, if you had to change the belt to the, the dry belt. Yeah. It's That's like, pretty cool. I mean, not a lot of luggage on there. There's a big tank bag, I see. Well, there's a big case on the back. Well, a couple, two big cases in the back, right? One's aluminum. The one on top is kind of like a Pelican style um, plastic. And then a couple, looks like a couple of smaller panniers that hang off the side of the tank. But yeah, that thing definitely has some miles on it. Yeah. I just, that's one of the cool things I say I saw there. There's, there's just so much there that, you know, you guys would just be all over this in, in a, in a heartbeat. Mm. And there's fuel there. There's a fuel there. Okay. Cool. Your X, um, XR, XR twelve hundred. Yeah, I see an Indian forty here too, black what? with a tan seat. <laughs> I, I figured you'd pick out that four cylinder. Yep. And, and the kind of the cool thing is, is the one that I threw in, in our hangout group was the picture of that trike, military trike with the um, farm tractor wheels on the back. I'm getting there. Hold on. I saw that. Yep. That's pretty neat. I mean, that just looked like a freaking like an old 1940s three-wheeler. Rico, you getting washed away now, buddy? You need a little to get- bit, yeah. It's coming down pretty hard here, so 
if I lose your power, bullet. just keep going. I'll come back. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a really cool place to go. People need to go. Yeah, we we got to check this out. But you're totally right. It's it's a different feel. I like how there are some things on display, and then there's you know there's posters and documentation and you know trophies and all the stuff that goes along with the bike of the era or whatever the display happens to be. Um, I thought the hill climb setup was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah. With like big um, long rake um, Harley. Yep. Saw it. Yeah. I like how like the bike has some of like the period pieces from that time. So I'm looking at this Henderson and it looks like it has like this old or this little short, coffin with a leather jacket in it i think Mm. that is the coolest piece ever yeah it kind of give you an idea if you go look at some of matthew's photos that he did it kind of shows you more how big the place is yeah yeah as the the more i look at these now i realize i didn't have half these on my phone because i'm looking at it now on the desktop um there's one i was trying to find john let me see if you have any information on this one i don't remember if it was yours or it might have been matthew's but there's a bike that has a big roll map on it. Do you happen to remember that one at all? Uh-uh. You know, it's like a, you know, basically like a sheet of paper with a roller at each end. And, and that's kind of, you know, what they did in, in the Dakar days before they had like navigation stuff is, you know, they'd pass a checkpoint and they just roll the map forward and it would give them the next place to point to. Oh yeah. That was pretty neat. I like that. Yeah. And I've done that too as well. Like, when I first had the KLR, you know, back in the early 2000s, I would do the same thing. If I was going to take a, ro- a road ride, you know, I don't really want to look at the map. I don't want to stop. Just make a couple of small roll maps of my own just to have, you know, I'm going to take whatever. I'm going to take Route 2 West and I'm going to turn here and you know, then I'm going to turn to this other road. And then I would just, each time I turn, I just roll the map forward a little bit and just keep oh, going. There it is. Okay. It was on Amp's photos. Did you find it? Okay. Yeah, it's one of amps. So yeah, I don't know if you have any info on that, but that's that's interesting bike. I'd like to know about that. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't see that one. But you're right, Rico. Four cylinder. There's a Pierce four cylinder. Looks like a Henderson four. Now I got to get to the Indian. But and oh, John, the the like the WLAs that you, you got pictures of. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful with all the military garb on them, the shovels and the rifle pouches and everything. Love it. Love those bikes. Yeah. I, so apparently back in 2008, Lyle Pipes was giving out stickers. I know, right? In 2008. <laughs> that, right? Yeah. Lyle Pipes, little penis. <laughs> oh, I saw another one that said, it said fat tire, small penis. Yeah, yeah it's on the other side. That, same bike. That's on that um, one that did the rally. Yeah. That roll map is huge. I wonder where that bike went. I have to go f- figure that out, figure out what that bike, what the history is on that bike. Because that is a massive setup. Anyway. So could, can you pick a favorite, John? Let me go back to that. No, I really can't Too pick hard. They're all great. I mean, they're all awesome bikes and just seeing them and you know, it's, it's really cool. I like seeing the silver trays under the bikes. It's like, oh, yeah. they're all over the place. 
<laughs> like this nice silver tray that you, you know, your mother might have in the, you know, the nice china cabinet for special dinners, and they're just like under bikes catching oil. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> right. Look, Too funny. There's a cool guy there that we talked to. Uh, I think his name was Jack. He worked out back and helps out Dale, and he, you know, got tired of working in back. He wrenched on all these machines, and he finally said to Dale, I'm done. I don't want to wrench anymore. So mm-hmm. he's up front now. Comes over to help when Dale needs. Um, also, what's kind of neat is also there's cars there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so there's a 1933 Cadillac cars in there. Very nice. So it's just not motorcycles. There's a Corvette in there. You know, kind of, it's kind of set up as a display, but, you know. Well, and it sounds like when Dale is there, you get, uh, you might get a better tour because he just will go on and on about the bikes and, you know, fire up a few and maybe well, do a burnout. There's also, there's also a bike there that had off balance, it's leaned, kind of like the tires. The guy explained how the tires were offset mm-hmm. a little bit so that it would wobble when it rode. Okay, on purpose. <laughs> yeah. So I can't. I don't know where it's at. I don't remember if I got a picture. He started telling the whole story about the the bike. I mean, this guy Jack. If we sat there, he could have talked our ear off for like the whole day. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I'm wondering. You said you went through it in three hours, but I'm just wondering. I mean, you probably could spend all day there if you really wanted to get a lot of information and yeah. and hear more about the history. And and I right. think we had enough. I mean, some of the guys have been through there already. And, you know, the other thing is, is that we had to go back over the mountain to go back <laughs> to, to get Pigeon back to Pigeon Forge. <laughs> so, you know, we didn't want to wait too long because if it started getting dark and cold, the road was going to ice over. So mm-hmm. we didn't deal with, you know, dealing with ice going back over. The other thing that's neat about looking through these pictures is just like all the old helmets. Like I just saw a leather helmet. Mm-hmm. It just all all the like old rims and uh, sprockets and it's just scattered throughout this building along with pictures and paraphernalia but it is paraphernalia it's pretty cool yeah we'd, we're definitely gonna have to go and i think for me this is the kind of place i would use as research you know trying to find right. a, a style or just little parts that i might want for a custom bike or some inspiration because some of those bikes especially from the 30s and and prior i would just stand there and stare at it you know and go over all the details that's that's what i think i could do but you know do you have all day or do you want to do some riding and it sounds like you guys got some riding in too <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we did a lot i mean so i mean we went as we came across i mean that was uh and i'm not sure Rich, if you've done it now, the newfound gap, I'm pretty sure Rico has. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty, it's a pretty twisty road, a little fun. We came, uh, when we back. Intense. We, yeah, we went a side road. Oh, yeah, that, that was real interesting on the side road. Well, before I get to that, anything else on the museum you want to talk about? Uh, okay, yeah. There was a V-Rod there that looks, look just looks mean as get out so uh how many horsepowers was that thing it looks like it has a nos tank on the side of it too uh, hmm. i have no idea it didn't have a sign okay then never mind <laughs> that's one thing that i'll say that they really didn't have no signage yeah signage to say 
what there is. So, um, you know, there's even a couple dragster bikes there that were sitting there. Rico, did you catch the lawnmower with the chopper front end on it? I did. I thought that was hilarious. Crazy. That's outside. It's crazy. Outside. And if you kind of going back to that, if you watch a commercial that's running now, they have a commercial with a lawnmower doing that with a guy riding on TV now. There's also this bike with this huge can on the side. I mean, it just takes up maybe a third of the back of the bike. (laughs) It's just huge. Yeah. But anyway. We talked a little bit about the ride and where you guys stayed uh, and the museum, but what about food? You guys any any fantastic food out there? We really didn't. We kind of did budget-wise. So, you know, we went to Mel's Diner, which is a kind of a old diner, you know, shiny diner place that we went for breakfast. And then... Barbecue one night. Barbecue on the way out. Um, that On Friday night, we ran over to the Kroger's and got some... I think we had lasagna. Yeah, we, we made lasagna at the at the cabin. <laughs> nice. And then we, uh, oh, on Saturday, we were coming back and trying to figure out what we were going to eat. And uh, we found this side road stand burger joint. So that was pretty cool. It was pretty good. And also in terms of the ride, aren't we pretty close to the one-year anniversary for you? We are. So how's that feel? You got a whole year under your belt. And and more importantly, do you have total mileage for the year? Yeah, ten grand, twelve, my friend, fourteen. It's what? It's about twelve. Twelve thousand. Okay, that's a damn nice Holy year. Holy, that's a good year right there. I'm about ready to hit twelve. Depends on what I get done in the next about month. About next month, it might be near thirteen when I'm done. Good on you. That's awesome. All right, so I got to ask, now that you almost had a year under your belt and 11,000 miles on it, do you feel that you can take corners any faster? Are you getting more aggressive in any of your riding? I, I feel like I'm getting more aggressive in it, doing So it's, uh, yeah, I feel like I can do a lot more in it. And I've started to learn to do like, race cars and taking the turns going far out to eight going far out going to the middle of the apex and let it slide out that's something i've kind of thought about nice. how i do some of my turns to keep them straight okay and i was able to keep up with i mean i was keeping up with the guys and you could ask them they're saying you know for me on a spider i was not laying back i mean i was keeping up with them well it's not a slow machine either anyway no it's not and and kind of to expand on my thinking about comfort wise when I started riding and Rich you threw this one out as interstates is one of the most safest place not have to worry about cars coming in from multiple directions as a side road right you understand where I'm going with that one yeah because that I kind of run counter to what a lot of people say when they first start riding is like you know, I don't want to be on the highway. I don't feel safe on the highway. But you're going to ride around on these surface streets with all these yahoos making left turns in front of you and blowing red lights and, you know, coming out of nowhere. Like, um, yeah, I, I feel a little safer on the interstate. I know it can be boring, but. You know. it, it, and that's, and I've been on that mentality. 
It's just the speed. Once you get over the speed part, I think it's a safer place to be. Right. And and I know that's, and you don't know I've been there. I've been like, no, I don't want to take interstates. I want to stay off of my not comfortable. I now well, can unless, well, unless you live in Atlanta, then, <laughs> then that's a different story. Yeah. Being on, being on the highway. But I can now say I'm comfortable getting on the highway by myself and going down. In fact, I did it on Sunday. Nice. Or Saturday. I did it Saturday. I, I, I whipped over to Burlington to meet up with Stoney. And then him and I went out for a ride. So, Well, that's a darn nice segue, Mr. Hogan. Well done. Well done. Okay. For the Atlanta Highway. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I got for that little trip. Very nice. Yeah, so it's settled. We, we've we got to go. I mean, Rico's going to be here. In in a couple of weeks now, so we got to pick a day. The three of us got to get together and ride up there again and see that, you know, hang out, get some good cue, have a pop, you know, and just enjoy it. You're going to need two days there, my friend. Whatever, let's do it. Two days, six. I don't care. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) I heard that. Let's do it. Let's do it. So yeah, let's pick up on Mr. Hogan's wonderful transition. And yes. just wanted to say, man, Atlanta cannot catch a break lately with their highways. <laughs> what right? is going on down there? <laughs> so, oh man, Micah shared this in the in the clubhouse earlier in the week. And uh, if you hadn't heard, there was a section of I twenty uh, east of Atlanta that had buckled, and it sounded like they were filling some old pipes um, with concrete or something. But wherever they thought they were filling it, it wasn't, and it ended up pushing up a huge piece of the highway. And the reason it's motorcycle related is that from what I read, a motorcycle rider was actually launched in the air <laughs> as it was either on it or as you crossed this, you know, part of the highway that had buckled up. Can you imagine? Yeah. Imagine ripping down the highway. It was a sport bike too. So you're flying along uh. and all of a sudden, you know, there's a three foot ramp in front of you. <laughs> <It> just <laughs> It ain't funny, but oh man, I can almost smell the shit from this guy's pants. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know about the injuries. It sounded like there were multiple uh, broken bones and stuff, but I haven't uh, heard anything else about the rider. Oh man, I, I cannot imagine. Yeah, I'd have probably had a heart attack. Like, especially right? on a cruiser, you're riding along, and next thing you know, you're probably ten feet in the air. Like, oh. it's like, oh, this is not going to end well. Jeez, that was a wake-up call. Well, the interesting one, if you really want to go see something crazy, is there was a motor blogger that this past week was in a wreck again. Again? Again. He wrecked a uh, Daytona 675, I think. Triumph, yeah. Yeah. He ran into the front of a Porsche. Dope. Like head on, head on. What? Yeah, that'll wreck your video. Oh, for sure. Well, enough about accidents. You're you're bringing a party down. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on. Moving on. (laughs) Well, yeah. If you want something to bring up the party, I have some iTunes reviews to talk about. What? All right. Let's hear that. Yeah. So we're getting a little love over on iTunes, which we certainly appreciate. You know, obviously we work on the value for value model and that's why, you know, we use Patreon and we offer the clubhouse and things like that. 
Uh, but you know, next to that, you know, sharing the show with other people and, and giving us feedback on iTunes is another great way to help. And we, we certainly appreciate it. So the first one is from, I'm not sure how to say the name, but it looks like art by 10,000. Uh, this was in the first part of March. And they said, this is really one of the best motorcycle podcasts out there. Very informative and well-produced. Thank you. And I'm really enjoying it. This is one to keep. So thank you for that. And this next one is interesting because this person is probably not going to hear this for a while. (laughs) So the username is uh, mindblown28. This is from uh, March 25th. And they say, the guys do a great job. I'm only on episode 11, but I'm hooked. I've been interested in getting my first bike, and this podcast has really been awesome with their personal inputs and info on bikes they have ridden. Keep up the great work. So, mind blown 28 when you get to this one. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you, and good luck on finding that bike. Yeah, and that was a boost today, uh, seeing that in the notes. And I was just like, man, it just makes it all worth it, you know? So, it just encourages us to keep it going. Keep on keeping on. So, all right, fellas, let's do a little U-turning. Let's keep John in the hot seat. I got to pick his brain a little bit on your moto blogging. Yeah, man. So how's that going? You enjoying it? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I uh, I, I was t- informed today by a, a fellow person that I messed up something. Uh, I might need some help with editing. I hear. I, I, I might have to go back. I got to go back and edit that. <laughs> so, but I uh, I do want to thank you for that first. That was really cool. The the episode you did about the show and. Um, you know, giving some information and the kind of a nice little backstory, if you will, or a little history yeah. on, on how the show became to be. So I thought that was pretty cool. So thanks for that. Yeah, man. I like to say thank you for that too. I thought I got a good lot of that and it kind of touched my heart, man. You know, I was kind of touched <laughs> by that. Well, as, as <laughs> when I started out, I didn't know what I was going to touch on. So that I had different topics and was I going to have content? And that's where I came in. And that one, um, you know, most motor bloggers do it live in helmets. That one was done as a voiceover. So right. what happened on that is the clip of the engine was the video was um, between two files. So the first one, I cut the engine sound from the mic down, but I forgot to do it on the second half. Yeah. So yeah. It's, like I said, it was really good up to like the six minute mark. And then with that second file, it sounds like the. The volume of the, like you said, the volume of the bike engine was just a little too loud. Yeah, I forgot to to cut that down. So that was something I tried to do, and tell you guys that probably took me twenty takes. Oh, to, really? <laughs> yeah, because I get going through something, I f- forget something. I mean, I literally, as I said, I had it done on the bike, but I forgot a lot of pieces. I'm like, crap, what do I do? Yeah. So, so I guess with motor blogging, the biggest thing is, is I don't remember what i want to talk about sometimes and i lose track and you know you're out riding and you see a car or something come by you lose train of thought where you're talking about so yeah that's, it's 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 fun there's a lot of there's a lot of work involved um as i said in my gear review if anybody's going to start go get the gopro right off mm-hmm. and make it easy and then you know people will probably think about something of just keep swimming. Just keep uh, swimming. Uh, swimming. Do with the mic, and if you have the center, 
and get the backpack. It makes life so much easier because there's just one mic. Nice. Well, since you mentioned GoPro, they have a promotion right now to trade up, which is really cool. They're going to give you a hundred bucks off a GoPro five hero five, or I think it's 50 bucks off a session and you can trade up any prior GoPro model. So I'm thinking about doing it with my, my GoPro nothing, which is the the $129 one. So I figure I, you've used that for over a year. If I trade it in and they give me a hundred bucks off of a five, that's a fantastic deal. And then it'll be two ninety nine. So how much is the five? Three? I think it's three ninety nine. So yeah, hundred bucks off to give them. You know, give them my old one that only cost me one twenty nine, brand new, and they'll get a hundred bucks off of the Hero Five Black Edition. So. Yeah, and I was able to get the my. Uh, I have a GoPro Four Silver, and I got refurbed for two nineteen with your your warranty. Yeah. Now the only downfall, if I'm going to do anything like John's doing, is they don't Senna's backpack doesn't isn't compatible with the, the Hero 5. Correct. So I would still need some external mic. That, if I'm correct, the 5 is waterproof or water-resistant. It is, yeah. Waterproof lightly, and then if you want to go like deeper underwater, then you need the, the housing. So, I don't know. I'm hap- I mean, I'm happy with the ones I have for, for the things that we're doing. So, I guess until there's a need for, for more or better video, I'm probably sit put stay put or uh you know put my money into a new digital camera instead and 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 as jebby has pinged out i'm not exactly sure jebby on the hero five i do know amp in our group he has a four and a five and his chin mount still running a four and on his bike he's running a five so i don't know what bad things have been said yet yeah cool so you you're enjoying it you have You've put out four or five episodes now? Episodes or videos? Just six. I have um, the next one's going to be a little tougher to do is I want to do clips from the ride and then I'll be done for the ride and those clips are going to be like kind of meeting up with the guys and then some um, tunnel red bombs and red bomb rev bombs you mean? Yeah rev bombs. Okay. <laughs> and you think Bridge you- <laughs> You think your bike's loud? I think Amp's got you beat, buddy. Well, yeah, he doesn't have any baffles in that thing. That B-Rod. <laughs> That's all we heard. Mm-hmm. And I was behind him some of the times. Very cool. That's that's a good one. So where did you sit in, in, in the pecking order when you guys were riding? So I, on going out with uh, Rogue and Matthew, I rode middle. So Rogue led, Matthew was tail, and the three of us were connected with Senna's. Not too many issues with that. Um, then I think when we met up with everybody else, I think I was still kind of uh, in the middle. And I think Matthew was tail still. And, and, then, when, and then on Saturday, I was tail because I was able to connect with Cruiser, and we were connected. And that is where you'll get one of my videos from is Cruiser decided to sing the Bahamian Rhapsody song by Queen. Well, that's going to so be that good. Very interesting. <laughs> Don't have your speaker look very loud. Here's <laughs> this funny. Um, and then on the way back, I did tail as well because Matthew bought plastic bags, saddlebags for the back of the VTX. 
Um, and it was known that they would crack and they, because all they did was kind of drill a hole through the plastic, put a rubber garment in and then screw it to a, a steel plate and it cracked on the way out. So he wanted me to be in back in case something happened. I did a lot of tail. <laughs> I gotta clip that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> did a lot of tail. Cool. I like it. And like we said, on our way back from Atlanta and our big October trip, I um, I thought you would make a good, I can't even say, you can make good a sweeper. good tail rider. It's sweet. Whoa, now. <laughs> Who's tail? Who's riding? Simmer down now. Simmer down. I couldn't even get the word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I thought you'd make a good sweeper. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm not gonna say it again. Yeah, trailer. He was a trailer. That's right. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I I did pretty. (laughs) I mean, some of the videos of uh, with with Cruz, you could hear me telling him there's stuff coming and on some of the roads and a road on the way back. Very nice. All right, let's head over to the garage. We got some more to talk about. Yeah. Erika, you got to make me some music or something for that. You want some? I got you. I mean, like some garage music. And I need that other thing for the, the riders group, which we'll talk about later. So a couple of updates on the garage. So we've talked about this before with my, my soft tail deuce where I don't wrench on that bike. And now that I've sold my KLR to rider Zion, I don't really have anything to wrench on other than the R6, which doesn't really need much at this point. Although we will get to that. So I decided I'm going to take the deuce is going to become sort of a full service bike for me. So I'm going to do all the service myself, except for maybe changing the tires. Uh, and things like that, or, you know, major engine work, but, you know, basic service, you know, oil changes, you know, things that need to be adjusted, stuff like that. I'm, I'm going to do all of that myself. So I purchased a service manual for the bike, <clears throat> which I think was 60 or 70 bucks or so, and picked up all the fluids that I need, a filter wrench, the gaskets, you know, everything to do a full fluid service on the bike. <laughs> and Rico, I think I spent like 300 bucks at the Harley dealer. Say what? But now, oh. now I've got it all. You know, I've got the, I've got the tool. I've got the proper filter wrench. I have the amazing service manual. I mean, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but Harley's service manuals are just amazing to read. It's, it's a massively thick book. It's got all the schematics for the wiring and routing of hoses and things like that. I'm just enjoying reading through the book. Actually, just learning more about my bike. It's fascinating. That's that's cool. Now is is that that book just for your bike, or are there other bikes in that with it? It covers the the whole Softail line for two thousand seven. Okay, so it's specific to my year, but all Softail. So yeah, so it's a pretty big book. Yeah, it's not just on that bike, but it's kind of funny reading through it. It's the same problem I had trying to order accessories when the bike was new. Is there are so many sections in this manual where it's like. Yeah, this pertains to all Softails except the Deuce. And then they have to have like another half a page just to cover <laughs> the specifics right. for that bike. I mean, that bike must have been a royal pain in the ass for Harley. 
because of the the little things that were different, you know, from the other soft tails. Right. Um, sure. They see you kind of like, Oh, not this bike again. I know. They're like, <laughs> ah, another one of those. And they just kill that thing. But yeah, it's neat. So I've got all that stuff. I might start it this weekend. Uh, if not, I'm going to wait until you show up in Charlotte. Not that I'm scared, but you know, an extra scared. set of hands, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. I hear you. I hear you. Got you. Got you, baby. Got you. And uh, the other maintenance thing, and we can talk about your bike a little bit, is I ordered up a chain and sprockets for the R6. Wow. Did you get the gold one? I didn't get a gold one. I got tired of searching and trying to find one. And I could have ordered one that was longer than I needed and then just, Mm. you know, cut it down to size. But it was just starting to be a terrible pain in the ass. So I was like, you know what? I just ordered the. You know, as close to stock as I could find. It came with a set of sprockets to match. So, and it was less money than it was less money than most of the gold chains I was looking at without any sprockets. So I was like, done deal. All right. So, yeah. And I figure since the bike is going to spend most of its life after I get acclimated, most of its life is going to be on the track anyway. I mean, who cares? (laughs) Right. It's not a show bike. (laughs) Right. So are you, uh, are you thinking you want to change the front fairing where you um, take out the, the headlights since you're going to put it on the track? Yeah, I looked at that. It's That's not terribly expensive to get a... They make these nice one-piece body kits yep. that replace the whole front fairing and the, you know, the side sure. that goes below the tank and everything. It's all like one nice big molded piece um, that I can get, you know, just primed in white, get it painted however I want. Mm-hmm. So I might do that. It's... So it's not it's not terribly expensive, and then that keeps the the factory parts in good condition. Yeah, you know. So if it, if I happen to do have a spill, then I'm not busting up the original uh, two thousand parts, year two thousand parts. Yeah, if you find if you find some fairings and rear, uh, uh, the rear end and all that, just just buy them just to have them. Yeah, an extra one. Why not? Yeah, I thought about that. I thought about trying to find a donor bike just for parts. So looking at a lot of different things and there's, there's some other things that it needs that I'm not going to focus on right away. Like I said, I think it needs, um, the left side fork seal looks like it's leaking a a little bit. Mm. So I figured that'd be a good project to just take the forks off, tear them apart, go through it, you know, and, and just have that experience. Right. Yep. That'd be fun. And then I think the other couple little things I got to look at is, well, you knew this from before. There's a little bit of oil weeping out from like the clutch pivot. Yep. In the engine case, it's it's not a lot, but that's something I should address at some point. And I have to trace down a coolant leak somewhere. Mm. So the coolant is down and I don't see any on the floor. So I'm like, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> but the oil looks fine. The oil's not foamy. So it's not going into the case. You know, the oil's right. just as yeah. black as night. So, oh, yeah. For checking that, yeah. So, yeah, we we'll have to look at that. We'll take we'll we'll take all that apart and have a have a gander. It'll be fun. Yes, it will. So that's my update. So, what about your what about your big roadmaster? You is that due for anything when you get here, or you just hop on it and go? Well, it's got two recalls on it. I can't remember what they were, um, but it has two recalls. I'm gonna take it in for, and uh, that's about it. Wait, what recalls? That doesn't sound good. 
Yeah. yeah I think one is something about uh, raising the tank or something. And I can't remember what the other one was. Maybe the flash to ECU or something. I can't remember. Now, you had the one done with the the flame out the exhaust thing, right? <laughs> yep. Or something about the exhaust heating up. Yeah. Yeah. So the other one, the other two, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's been months since I look at that, that leather, that le- leather, letter, letter. And, um, you know, I just figured I'll just take it with me and say, Hey, I need these two things done. Yeah. Look it over because I'm going to be riding the hell out of it. And, uh, you know, send me on my way. Yeah. You should figure out the mileage. So you, Pick it up from Atlanta, you know, bring it up to Charlotte, get the recalls done, get a good service, and then ride it to the end of your next service, have it done, and put it away. <laughs> yep. That's basically how it's going to go. <laughs> a thousand miles? No, oh, more yeah. than a thousand. Oh, yeah, way more than that. How many miles? Because you got to remember, I'm, I'm going from Atlanta to Charlotte, from Charlotte to Cleveland, hopefully Virginia, and then the and then up to Cleveland, then back to Charlotte, then to Atlanta. And also, I want to go over to um, um, see my buddy down in Savannah. So, mm. right down there, too. So, I want to go. Probably up in July there, friend. Let's do it. Yeah. Awesome. What's that, John? Don't forget about our meetup in July. Oh, I know. I know. I got a lot to do. <laughs> I got a lot to do. I yeah. predict 6,000 miles. How close to it, yep. Ooh. Rich, you gonna be able to beat that this year? Probably not. I got out for fifteen miles today, and that's the first in a week and a half. <laughs> Sadly. Oh. But it felt good. Oh man. Oh man. You know, since we're talking about that, it's been really sad that you put her in Florida all last week because it was beautiful weather all last week. I know. It was nice in Florida too, just low eighties, breezy. It wasn't like silly hot. I mean, it was like perfect weather to be in Florida. Because that's kind of the roll of the dice when you go down there. As we saw in February, it can get cold, but also it can just get brutally hot. But it was nice. Right. So, John, you doing any maintenance or you have plans for any maintenance on the Spider? So, so kind of how we talked about earlier is the no really big plans uh, here in, let's see. Uh, about 3,000 miles, and we'll have to do the big first maintenance on it, um, which is change plugs, some other stuff. I can't remember what else they recommend. And then probably my next one, when the back tire wears out, I'm going to, I'm, I'm 90% sure I'm going to switch to a a uh, car tire on the rear. Yeah, and you, you mentioned this in, in the clubhouse earlier. So, What's the difference? Like, the sidewalls are softer. The sidewalls are softer than a traditional car tire. Yes, and that's it. To my understanding, that is it. Hmm. I'm going to on some of the forums I've read um, about switching to some other tires. General has a tire. Michelin. Mm-hmm. There's another car manuf- tire manufacturer that tire that has that they've said that it was pretty good results and i'm seeing how long i get out of the tire because on the original tire as you saw from our trip in october the middle was war bald and then right. it 
or still had tread. So, but that was overinflation. We suspect that's what I concluded. Yeah, and that's they say twenty eight pounds in the back tire. So I've been running at about twenty six pounds. Right. So, yeah. and this past trip, I mean, you can look at the tire. You can see the tires wearing across. You know, you can see road across the whole tire more evenly. Yeah, it's all black on all the way across. So it's like it's wearing all the way across. Okay. Now the front tire, those are definitely specific, right? Those are narrow and made specific for spider or those can you find an alternative for those too you can find an alternative for those as well um the dealership said didn't recommend me doing the fronts yeah and are they slightly rounded or are they flat yeah, across? slightly rounded on the front okay the back there's a slight curve on each side so on each side so it's a little more than a car tire but not quite a, a full rounded sidewall motorcycle tire and, and when I talked to the service manager at the dealership, he says they 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 have done the rear tires with with car tires, but he wouldn't recommend the front. So yeah, that so. makes sense. I mean, that's where all your handling is going to come from. Is you, I doubt you would notice much in a sidewall change in the rear, but I'm yeah. I'm almost 100 percent sure you would notice in the front. Right, and 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 I don't mind getting if I run the front if I get you know. 16,000 out of the front or up to 20 out of the front, that doesn't bother me. But the 8,000 on the rear just blows my mind out of that big of the tire. And I'm not doing anything stupid. Well, stay out of the throttle, my man. <laughs> it does, it will move. As you wah, see. Wah, wah. Sliding around the corners. Apex. That's what I got going on in my mind. So. Very nice. All right, let's talk about events real quick. And the first one is most important. We have the Outer Banks Bike Week, April 22nd through the 30th, which John is going to be going the first couple of days. Johnny John, is that right? Plan, if weather holds correct, I have talked to our buddy, our listener, Dave, mm-hmm. and working on some details on that. And my, my current plan is I'm going to be heading up there Sunday after, early morning Sunday, Got there about when he does and hang out with him till about Monday afternoon and head home. Okay. Yeah, and like we said, you know, look for Dave while you're there. You know, he'll have a, a loud pipe shirt on, the classic black, and he's offering to to buy lunch for anyone who finds him and says that they enjoy the show. So um at least once or once per day. <laughs> Something like that. But either way, find him and and he'll have some show merchandise as well uh to hand out. I think we've got a bunch of leftover koozies and keychains and stickers, maybe some other things we can scrounge up here. Uh, let's see. What other events we have going on? The July event, John, can we talk about that? Yeah, man. Homestead Hill Hootenanny up in Boone in Teleco Plains, July 5th through the 10th. And that is going to be you and Brother Hogan. Is that right? That is correct. We are Yay. going to be there uh, in Boone on Thursday night. And then, uh, then we're going to, to partake down to Robbinsville uh, to stay Friday and Saturday night. Very nice. And at some point, probably in July, we can mention that. We haven't mentioned that before. We'll probably be the next Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge, which we'll be talking about here very soon. Uh, John will probably get back to the Capital City Bike Fest in September. And of course, the Barber Vintage Festival. In October. Did I miss anything, John? 
I, that's that's pretty much the the gist of it. I think that's you know that seals it. All right. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Last call, Mister Hogan. You first. Final thoughts. Uh, great show, John. Um, I appreciate uh, uh, taking us on your little journey. I hope it was fun for you. I hope you had a great, great time and uh, look forward to riding with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Rico. It was fun. I'm glad you guys enjoyed. And I, and I got another one, a good event coming up for you. We'll save it for the downshift, though. Oh, nice. Yeah. Also, I'll, thanks, I'll thank John as well. That was fun riding along with you, at least from, from my seat. And the picture is fantastic. And thanks. Um, oh, yeah. Thanks to Rogue. Is it Rogue and Matthew who, or Ampton, Matthew provided the pictures, additional set of pictures. That was great. And if they don't mind, we'll put a few of those in the show notes. And then all of them we will provide to the riders of Loud Pipes, who, of course, I would like to thank for their continued support. That would be our first five riders Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. Don't forget barbershop rider Chuck, who's on the live stream. Thanks, buddy with a bunch of people tonight. Thanks all for hanging out. And Jebby's out there and Mr. Kenny's out there. Also our riders group, Steve, Mike, Micah, Jim, Kenny, and Roger. Oh, I think Jim's gone overboard. We're going to check in with him and insider Darren. Thank you all so much. Uh, we appreciate your support and helping to make this little thing possible. Amen. Loudpipes.net slash donate is where you should go if you want to sign up and enjoy all the perks that we have available to our supporters. Also head over to loudpipes.net slash store for all of the show merchandise. John and Natalie take care of that, and we appreciate everything that they do for the show. Additional information from this episode, including links and those images, can be found on our website, loudpipes.net slash 82. We also have links there to leave us some more feedback, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media. Mr. Hogan? Yeah, Beirut. Shabila. Kickstands up, Johnny John? There. All right, let's roll into the downshift. If you're enjoying the show and want more, check out loudpipes.net slash donate. For as little as $1 per month, you'll gain exclusive access to the Loud Pipes after show, The Downshift, as well as other content and sneak peeks available only to our supporters. Even $1 goes a long way, and we truly appreciate your support. Better yet, come ride with us. Step up to $5 a month and receive an invitation to the monthly video hangout and the Riders of Loud Pipes private social network. Hang out in the clubhouse with other riders, chat with us on show topics, and so much more. You want free swag? Select the barbershop level, and we'll send you a free t-shirt and an annual swag bag. Loudpipes.net slash donate.